I work in a bigger school. We've got 2,200 kids. So there's technically five and a half of us because I'm only there part-time. Um, and that was something that was new for this year um, with having, I've got a baby the same age as yours. And I hated being at home full-time, but I also didn't like not being at home part of the time. So there's five and a half of us for 2,200 kids. And so working with them and hearing the people they have, um, we have a full-time social worker, which is a huge blessing. I think every school should have that if they don't already. And then, yeah, we work with a lot of people in the community. Um, I spent about an hour on Thursday talking to a um, practitioner at a private um, facility. So when my students is going there half the day. And he just wanted to update me on what my students' goals are and how he's standing and how I can support him the rest of the day while he's with us. Motherhood is an honorable and full-time job, but between the dishes and diapers lies a woman with her own hopes and dreams. Here we discuss the woman behind her title mother and the many things that bring joy into her life. I'm your host, Jerrica, and welcome to season three of She Has a Name Too. This season is packed with inspirational stories of women just like you and I. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to She Has a Name Too. I am back with a very special guest today. We are actually related through marriage, um, but I totally didn't realize it. (laughs) Um, This is Erin. I have Erin on the show today. You can say hi. Hey, guys. And yeah, I didn't realize we were related until she answered one of the questions on my stories on Instagram. And I was like, hold up. We're like second cousins or something, right? Is that what we are? Second cousins? Yeah. I am second cousins with your husband and then Andrea, who's been a guest a couple of times on the podcast. And I just, I was so embarrassed. I didn't realize that, but (laughs) I'm like, yay, now I get to like officially me, I guess we've met once before at a family reunion briefly, but it's exciting to like be talking to you and we've been talking a little bit online, but it's fun to have you on the podcast. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. All right. So let's get started. My very first question that I ask all my guests that come on the show, I ask, who are you when you aren't being called mom? I'm definitely a planner. And when you do all the personality tests, that's the big thing that kind of defines my personality. And I use it in a lot of different ways. Um, I'm always the person with my family to be like, all right, here's what we're doing for this get together. And this is what the food is going to be. And this is where we're going on this trip and making the plans for that. And it's served me well in a lot of different areas in that. And it's kind of my identity with my family, which I probably need to find identity of beyond that. (laughs) Um, And then I also am really into pop culture. Um, the Marvel movies, Star Wars, Harry Potter. Um, so I've always watched Survivor, but I've gotten a little too into it the last year or two. <laughs> um, the, besides, she has a name too. I listen to tons of Survivor podcasts and follow forums online and talk about, oh, this this winner is better than this winner for X, Y, and Z. Um, I do my one exercising that I do is Pilates, which I've been able to get in, back into the last year, which I've absolutely loved. And then I'm definitely also known as Mrs. Reeves, the counselor. Cool. Um, I obviously, I didn't know very much about you, but I had no idea that you were a huge Survivor fan. That's really cool. Do you watch Survivor? (laughs) I don't actually. (laughs) (laughs) But like, you're like the first person that I've met that is like really into it. Um, So I think that's cool. That's something unique about you. Very unique for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So are you like really active like on 
like Reddit or like I follow the Reddit stuff, but I don't comment a ton yeah. because it's easy to get into okay. things, and I need to not let myself mm-hmm. do that. Um, but there's like I said, there's several podcasts and YouTube videos. Like at work, I'll be doing something that's kind of mundane, so I'll just have it pulled up on my other screen, a video talking about the hidden immunity idol, and people come in and they know that I'm in my zone. Nice. <laughs> so, any Survivor fans out there? Better hit Aaron up for a conversation about Survivor. We'll talk about Sandra versus Tony. It'll be great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned too that you are a counselor. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to get into that field and what you do on a daily basis? So that's first to what inspired me to get into that field. I hit that moment in high school. I think a lot of us hit. It's like the end of my junior year, and I'm like, crap. I've got one more year and then I'm out of here and I have no clue what I'm going to do. So I reached out to my high school counselor and I said, isn't this your job to tell me what to do? And he just gave me a bunch of careers to and said, oh, go research this. Go see if you like what this does. And I came back like a month later and I was like, you know, these also kind of fine, but I liked doing the research more than I liked the actual careers I was researching. And he's like, oh, well, that's what I do all day. You should be a counselor. And I was like, great, thanks. And I left with a life plan. Spoiler alert, that's not what he did all day, nor is that what he should be doing all day. I'm kind of worried if that was the truth. (laughs) Um, Because what we do all day really is very different. The biggest thing is talking to people, talking to students, talking to teachers, talking to parents, talking to other counselors, and just going through every little thing. Um, I've had days where the biggest, the first email on my inbox is, hey, I don't know how how to fill out this application for a scholarship, and it's due today, and I don't know what to do. And then the kid will come in an hour later, and have a panic alert, a panic attack with me in my office, and it'll just be like, hey, you just need to click this button on the page to go to the next page. Oh, thank you so, so much. And then I'll have a teacher come in and complaining about a kid and kind of working through with them, like, you know, what what can I do to support the, support the student in your class? And really, what support do you need to maybe change up your teaching styles and giving them ideas? Then I'm going through a lot of paperwork. Um, depending on the time of the year, this takes a lot of our duties that we're doing. But that's my favorite thing about being a counselor is that it is all so different. Um, a lot of it is this career base that got me really interested in it, but a lot of it's emotion. Um, I had an experience my senior year to go job shadow a counselor at a different school. And I showed up and she's like, hey, I've had this group that I've been working with for the past couple months on homework skills and study skills. And today's our last meeting. And so it's a party. So we literally went and picked up pizza came back and watched a movie and I just sat in the back with her and talked about all the emotional parts of her job and different people that she talks to and collaborating with other counselors at the school, with your administration and with others at other schools your students will be attending. And it was just really interesting for me to see all the vast levels of things that you do and it didn't even begin to cover it. Wow, that is so interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize that that's what a school counselor did. I think that's like, I guess when I was in high school and I went to my high school counselor, they weren't as helpful as yours was (laughs) and probably not as helpful as you are. (laughs) But they, um, you know, they gave me the pamphlets. They said, oh, look into these universities. They're local. And I didn't want to go to a local school. And so they just kind of brushed me off because they had, I don't know, like 500 other students that they that were graduating with me. But that's so interesting that like your day isn't just about researching jobs that would be good for students or um, handing kids pamphlets. It's so much more than that. And there's a lot of emotion that goes into that. Definitely. I think a lot of the 
people think when they think of their counselor, they either had bad counselors. And mine was, that was the one good thing he ever did in high, well, the entire time I was in high oh, okay. school. <laughs> Bless his heart. Um, but I think a lot of people think of like the counselor in Glee, where she's like afraid of people. And she oh, just sits yeah. in her office and she's got this like random pamphlet for every situation. And she's like, here, the pamphlet will solve your issue. It's like, well, no, like I have resources that I can connect you to. Yes. But I've got a lot of resources as well, and I can help you, and I can answer questions that a lot of times the resource kids need is they just need someone to listen to them. Mm -hmm. They just need to be that listening ear. Um, With a lot of the emotional stuff, I'll tell my students straight up, I'm the emotional EMT. If you are cutting, if you are having suicidal thoughts, if you have a friend who's struggling with body issues and eating disorder or something, I'm the one to listen. I'm the one to get the whole story here, give you the, give you the feedback you need right here in this moment. But I'm not going to be the doctor who's getting you to the long-term care. who's going to make everything better. So we're going to coordinate with that team. I'm going to be part of it. You're part of it. Your parent is part of it. And we're going to work together to get you where you want to be and where you need to be. Oh, that is so cool. That's awesome. So you get to work closely with other counselors and other medical professionals that will get these students all the way the help that they need. Yeah. And that's, that's one of my favorite parts is the teamwork aspect of it. I work in a bigger school. We've got 2,200 kids. So there's technically five and a half of us because I'm only there part-time. <laughs> um, and that was something that was new for this year um, with having, I've got a baby the same age as yours. And I hated being at home full-time, but I also didn't like not being at home part of the time. So there's five and a half of us for 2,200 kids. And so working with them and hearing the people they have, um, we have a full-time social worker, which is a huge blessing. I think every school should have that if they don't already. And then, yeah, we work with a lot of people in the community. Um, I spent about an hour on Thursday talking to a um, practitioner at a private um, facility. So when my students is going there half the day. And he just wanted to update me on what my student's goals are and what, how he's standing and how I can support him the rest of the day while he's with us. So can can students like come up to your office and just be like, hey, I need to talk. Can they do that? Or yes. OK. Yes. That's, those are my favorite kind, because oftentimes we get so stuck in the emails and we get so stuck in. I work in an area with a lot of really invested parents, which is great. But they could be a little trying at times because I've got a lot more patience for for teenagers than I do for adults. <laughs> um, so that's my favorite when a kid comes in and they're just like, I just have a question. This one student, she's come in every day this week because she's working through a college application. And it's a little late, but she's I'm glad that she's getting it in. And just every day she's got a different question about it. And she always feels so guilty. And I'm like, no, I'm happy to see you. I want to talk to you about how it's going and everything else that's going on in your life. And it's the best when a student just drops in to say hi. Yeah, that's so cool. I know that in high school, like I really relied on those. I really relied on those other adults in my life that I could just go to. And I mean, I had one teacher that I would just like go to about just about everything, you know. And so I'm, I'm so glad that like you can be there for those students. And it's, and it's great that they feel like they can just knock on your door and come talk to you about their college applications or life. I used to work in a middle school and I had a girl who would stop by on her way to third period every day. And I have a, a thing of candy, mostly there to bribe students to come in, but she'd come in and grab a piece of candy and update me on like, Oh, so-and-so asked so-and-so out in my class. I think they're going to, I think they're going to be an item. And then a week later they're not anymore. And she's having a hard time. You might want to call her down and talk to her. about oh. it. <laughs> so 
I got all the gossip from this one student, and it was just—it was really great because I did because I was able to call her down, and she's like, "I'm having a really hard time. I can't focus in class, and this kid's like being a jerk now." And oh. it ended up being for the best, all because my student who really liked Twix Twix bars told me the tea. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Sometimes gossip is good when it's like. I mean, it sounds like she was genuinely concerned about her her friend who was going through this breakup. And being a teenager is really hard, especially when you don't know who to talk to or you don't have anyone to talk to. Okay, so I'm curious, what path did you take to become a school counselor? Like, was it just kind of cut and dry? You just got there? Or was it kind of a roundabout way to go? For me, it was kind of cut and dry. Like I said, in, in high school, I decided to be a, a counselor and no one decides in high school that they want to be their counselor. <laughs> so I got to, I went to Southern Utah University in Cedar City, Utah, and I got my bachelor's in history education, which most counselors, when they hear that, they are confused as to why I, I did that. Because most people who go into counseling, they major in psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I didn't is because I wasn't comfortable having a degree that didn't easily translate into a career. Because I was like, well, what if I change my mind? What if I can't afford to go get my master's degree? Because you can't be a counselor without a master's degree. And I looked at the job rates for like, if you have a bachelor's in psychology, how likely is it to get a job? And it's very, very hard. It's possible, but it's very hard. So most people who have a bachelor's, they have to go on and get a master's in something else. And so I think doing that research kind of proved like, oh, you are going into the right career if you're thinking this far, this far future forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did history education and then a minor in psychology. And that was great for me because I got to be in the schools. I was a long-term sub um, just to that last like semester before graduation into going into my master's degree. Um, I got to, so I got to see what it's like in the building, how the teachers work with the counselors and vice versa. I learned how to make, create lesson plans um, and how to speak in front of a group. That's, and that's something that often gets overlooked. A lot of people who go into counseling think that they're just going to be counseling students all day and saving suicidal students and no you're it's a ton of paperwork and it's actually a lot of being in the classroom and presenting um we just finished course selection for next year and every day for three weeks i was in the classroom so that was fun and it was different but that's something a lot of people realize that they're doing so i'm really glad i got that teaching experience and then i was blessed to go on straight to my master's Um, We got married the summer. I actually was in school the summer that we got married. I took a, I had a final that was due the day of my wedding. Oh my gosh. And so I I emailed, well, I was, we were in class and I just kind of raised my hand and I was like, I'm not going to be in class that day. I'm not turning that in that day. Can I turn it to you early? And my teacher was like, well, why not? This has been the schedule for forever. And I was like, because I'm getting married. So you're going to take it a couple of days early. <laughs> it felt really bad. So I turned it in a week early. She gave me the whole week before my wedding off. It was really funny. Um, so I my master's at the University of Utah in Salt Lake. Um, the program was two years with the summers, like full-time summers in between evening only classes, which was really great because I was able to work during the day. So I would get up at like six and I was working in an elementary school kind of as like an aide. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have got a job teaching, but I didn't knew I wouldn't be able to give the full attention to it. And I didn't want, didn't think that was fair to my students. And then I would go straight from there to, um, to class and I'd be in class for four hours and then I would come home at like eight or nine a night. Oh man! <laughs> so it was really rough, mm-hmm. but it paid off because mo- usually schooling is longer than that. Usually it's three years. And so there's that extra year sooner of getting in the workforce. Um, and then I even got a paid internship my second year. So I was 
instead of going to an elementary school, I was going to a middle school and I was working as a counselor um, just underneath somebody getting learning and getting experience and then going to school in the evenings. And because it was paid, it was really nice. My husband was able to quit his job and then he did just school until he finished out his um, finish out his degree, which was a really big blessing for us. Wow. That, I mean, expediting your master's program, I know that's really intense. Um, I didn't personally do it, but my husband did. <laughs> and I, I worked two jobs and grew a human while he expedited his master's program. And being able to get into the job force, like into your career earlier, even if it's just six months or a whole year in your case, like Man, that I mean, it just puts you so much further ahead than like the rest of what would have been your class, right? And it just like it allows you, like in your case, it allowed your husband to go back to school, which is really great, or to finish school. It was a really big blessing for us because I was terrified of being a mom and terrified of pregnancy, and I was like, I'm not doing that until I'm not doing that until after I'm done with this. And so that was a really big thing in our family planning. It's like, okay, if you get this done, then the sooner we can even have the conversation of, do we want to have kids? Mm. And it was, it was just a really great program. And the fact that it was after school as well. So we had several teachers in the program too, that were looking for a shift up into counseling. And it's just a really big blessing for everybody all around. I loved it. Yeah, that's really awesome. Okay. So you took the traditional route more or less, except I expedited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's good. That's awesome. Do you think with your history degree, do you think you would go into teaching history at some point? It's always an option for me because I still, the nice thing is that once you get, so I have my teaching license, then I got, I just kept my same license just with two qualifications on it. So at any point if I want to, I can. Um, it was actually an option for me. Like I said, this last year, I went back to work part-time mm -hmm. and I originally was looking at my, at my district's website to see if I could find a part-time teaching position. Cause I was like, well, they don't hire part-time team counselors. That just not, isn't something that happens. And so I would do be willing to do it just because it's a job and because it would get me into the, into the school building with students that I really enjoy. But there's just so much about counseling that I like so much better. Um, I keep saying how, how varied it is. And that's a big part of it, but a big part of why it's so nice is the varied settings. Like I said, I was in the classroom for three weeks and it was really fun, but it was really exhausting. Mm -hmm. It was real. It's really nice now that after that's done, I can just go in my office, shut my door, <laughs> work on paperwork and be alone yeah. for like two weeks. And it's been fantastic. And then now that I like, don't want to do that and calling more kids down and we're talking about um, college career readiness plans and meeting with their parents and meeting with, um, teachers who are concerned about about the kids and you know if I wanted to I could start up a group counseling thing with a group of like 10 to 15 students just that freedom is something I don't know that I could give up again okay yeah I imagine being in a high school classroom would be very exhausting yeah no the six months I was a long-term sub was it was really fun but it was exhausting mm -hmm. it's a lot of work yeah I think I'm better with like babies and toddlers and then teenagers like mm -hmm. I don't know if I could do like the you know grades probably like grades three to eight I probably couldn't do very well but but high school I imagine would be exhausting too to be in the classroom that's cool though that you get you get so much variety in your day 
Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. This is just so interesting to me. I had no idea that that is what a school counselor did. So hopefully this is helpful to anyone else who is thinking about a career change or maybe has already thought about becoming a school counselor. Here's some information for you. Okay, so I guess we already covered like if it when you learned you wanted to do it was in high school. You figured that out. So do you think it's something that you want to do for the rest of your life? Probably because because it is so different, not only day to day, but month to month, um, depending on college application week versus course registration versus meeting with the juniors for college career readiness. Um, and then you factor in how much education is constantly changing. Um, that's the joke is that that's the only constant in our field, depending on the legislation or the, just the kids in general, they're struggling with different things. Um, I've only been in for about five, for about four years, but even I'm seeing like the difference of how much more students depend on or need have different needs mm. and then you throw in the top the fact that you can change schools um not whenever you want you have to do it at the you know at the year mark but you can change levels um no two days no two years are ever going to be the same i think if i ever did do something different it would be moving to a district level position and helping train new counselors or um something at the college of like college academic counseling i think is also very interesting yeah that would be cool too because then i think like with high school and with college, you have a lot of people who are just trying to figure out what they want to do in life and like find what sparks joy in them and like, or what's practical for their future goals and things. And so, yeah, I think that's really cool. Like that you get to, as a school counselor, part of it is helping students find their spark like in soul, <laughs> right? I like that. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And there's also a lot of, hey, I think I have found my spark. How mm-hmm. do I get there? And that's my favorite part is saying, great, here's the end. Here's the, we're starting with the end in mind with talking about Stephen Covey and we're going to work our way towards it. So what classes should you be taking? What colleges should you be getting ready to apply for? Like, oh, if you, if you think you want to go to BYU, well, mm-hmm. let's get you in seminary. Let's get you talking. Let's get you talking about service opportunities that you have. Let's brush up these skills that we know that they are looking for. Versus, if you think you want to go to UVU, well, that's an awesome school too. Let's talk about what you need to get into UVU and get a good scholarship. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, schools do require different things, and and like I wanted to leave local. Like I said earlier, I was like, I do not want to go to any local schools, and so I think. I think like my school counselor was definitely like she was probably being pushed by her superiors to encourage the local schools. But yeah, to be able to say like, okay, well, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? You know, like there are these questions to help bridge the the where we're at now and the final goal. Mm -hmm. Okay. So much like your students are looking for joy, they're setting goals, they're trying to figure out who they want to be when they grow up and all of this. I'm wondering what brings you joy? It's a very good question. My daughter, first of all, she's the cutest little monster there ever has ever been. (laughs) Um, Just seeing how she's growing and developing is really joyful. Like I said before, I was terrified of motherhood and terrified of toddlers. You mentioned that you're good with toddlers. It isn't until like second or third grade that I'm like, okay, I can, I can handle you now. I know what's, what you're thinking is like. <laughs> and so just seeing how she surprises me every day really brings me joy. And I think honestly work, my job brings me a lot of joy. 
Um, I mentioned that I took a year off and it was it was a hard year anyway with the pandemic. Um, my husband was actually deployed during it as well. So we, we had moved back home with my parents, which is a mixed blessing if you've ever had to do that before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it, it was just not a good year for me. And it wasn't until I was getting to work and I'm realizing something outside of, oh, I'm more than just Emily's mom. I'm, mm-hmm. I've got these other talents that I'm not wasting that Heavenly Father has blessed me with that I can be a blessing in other people's lives. I think just finding that extra meaning in my life really brings me a lot of joy and a lot of um, contentment and meaning. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing. Well, thank you. I think that's just a perfect way to end off this episode. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so nice to officially meet you face to face. Yes. And remember who you are, not like in a field of family. I think that reunion was like the first summer after Ryan and I got married. And so it was a lot of people for me to meet. <laughs> it's it's a lot of people in general. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I don't know if we'll do another one of those because so many people have, it sounds bad, but like so many people are gone mm-hmm. that it's like, well, you know, they were the ones bringing us together mm-hmm. and now we don't, but we'll have to do something sometime. I think it'd be fun to get there with you and, with you and Andrea. I haven't seen her in a long time. Yeah. We'll just have to do something when we, when we come to Utah, we'll yeah. like meet in the middle in Utah. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. And I hope that this was helpful to our listeners. It's been a pleasure. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Join the conversation and stay up to date on new episodes on Instagram at She Has a Name Too. She Has a Name Too is a production of Mecca Radio. I, Jerrica Dennison, was your host and was joined by Aaron Reeves. This episode was edited by Alex Williams.